So Mixologist, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, Pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Hey, y'all. I'm Moni, and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hey guys, welcome back to the mixer. It's Moni and... We are fresh off of Thanksgiving week. I had a really good time. I did not lose my voice this time. Actually, I did for like a couple of days. So it's a good thing I wasn't recording, but it is mainly back. I know I've spent probably half of my episodes in a horse voice um, just because of having too much fun and having too much life. <laughs> That's actually not too true. It's from talking too much, really. But we are back from a pretty chill week, even though it doesn't, it wasn't really that chill because we had all the same Bravo shows last week except for Dallas. But because we have such a full docket every week with the four Housewives shows and Below Deck and Married in Medicine, if you watch those shows, it feels like having one less feels like we have a break, but that's not really what happened. So I had a great Thanksgiving. I hope everyone else did as well. I did put out a little bit of a Thanksgiving episode. It was pretty chill, pretty calm and short. I just wanted to thank everyone for helping me, you know, grow my podcast, for talking to me, being super kind and, you know, opening up dialogue a lot of the times and even getting me to almost 2,000 followers. I'm like two away. Hopefully by the time this publishes, maybe tell your friends, maybe you'll tell some coworkers or someone who you who at work works with you that you're annoyed by and you want to just like get them off your case for an hour or two. So tell them to subscribe to my podcast 
so they can listen to me instead of annoying you. Or maybe, you know, a family member like, hey, mom, stop texting me all day what you're doing or your appointments and stuff. Why don't you listen to this podcast, even if you have no idea what's going on? So that is what I am most excited about is that it's holiday season and I do enjoy the holidays. I love the cold weather, even though now here in the D.C. area, it is freezing, not nearly as much as it is everywhere else. Well, in most parts of America, but like it's cold. So I just want to stay in my blankets all day, which I might get a little bit of time to do because I, as I'm recording this, I just finished my very last day of school, at least for a little while. I don't know if I'm going to go back to school and get another degree or not, but I am about to graduate five days before, no, actually it's six days before Christmas. I graduate or maybe seven. I do not know how to do math very well. I was an English major and literally cannot count to save my life sometimes. But I am graduating and I'm so excited and ready to finally really, that's going to be my Christmas gift. That's the only downside is all my gifts will be both um, Christmas and graduation, but it's going to be really chill. I don't have a lot of people coming to it because it's the holidays. So a lot of people can't make it because it's either final season for all my friends in professional school and grad school and people have to work. It's in the middle of the week. So, you know, but in spirit, I know they're there celebrating and I will be posting pictures of that probably when it happens just because every time I do, people get really invested and I'm so shocked because I don't think I live that great or that exciting of a life, but I do love making connections with everyone and finding out what you know everybody else is doing with their holidays and getting so many great Thanksgiving messages. So thank you guys all for that. That's literally the reason why I wanted to put out a podcast on Thanksgiving, just to say thank you. A couple little Bravo updates and stuff about that um, time of year where everything is off schedule. So we don't know what we're going to get when we're going to get an episode from different shows when we're not. Um, For non-reality shows, for instance, if you watch primetime shows like Grey's Anatomy and those type of shows, they are on their winter break. So they basically stop the week before Thanksgiving and don't come back until after New Year's, which is really annoying because I record usually on Thursdays and it's my favorite thing to do to watch Grey's with my mom. Um, And I'm actually moving to Atlanta in January. That is where I will be for at least the next few years. And we'll see what happens with that. Um, In the meantime, still going to be doing my podcast and I'm really having a good time with it. And I've got a couple of things coming up in the new year that I'm excited about with the podcast, with the Instagram. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm grateful for everyone who's listening, listening right now. And really guys, I'm just sharing with you my life because I just want to stall from talking about Dallas and OC <laughs> to the point where I might as well just do it first, rip the bandaid off. I'm that person who just has to get it out of the way first because, oh boy. Okay. Um, in fact, I posted a little bit of a teaser on my Instagram from the teaser at the end of this week's Dallas episode where Leanne calls Carrie a, we had to go there because the chirpy little Mexican wanted it. In fact, let's see. I think I have it. I have the recording of it. So I can actually play that for you guys because it's 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 quite it's quite ridiculous that we even have to debate this. But here, let's see. But the little chirpy Mexican has to have her way in case you missed it, let's do it again. But the little chirpy Mexican has to have her way until she 
So here's the issue, right? It goes, I'm not going to really get her much into this because I feel like I've said my piece when she said it the first time. But the fact that I can say that there was a first time lets me know exactly that the defense that Leanne is not a racist and it was just a rude comment is now null and void because this is her fourth time making some kind of dig specifically at Carrie's ethnicity. When she, when Carrie's not the only person that annoys her. Deandra, she's annoyed by a lot more, it seems. Well, at least she doesn't like her a lot more. She seems the more annoyed by Carrie's presence and existence in their group. And I'm not going to say that her annoyance with Carrie is because she's Mexican, but the prop, because I don't know that, I don't know her intentions. And I think intentionality is very, very big to consider when you're thinking about people being prejudiced. But the fact that she is was friends with Deandra and Deandra, again, was the perpetuator of this joke. And granted, what Leanne is referring to in this specific clip of the fourth clips, the four clips that she said these type of things about Carrie. The difference is even though it's about Carrie, you know, wanting them to go to the ping pong show, the fact is you're not criticizing the ping pong show. You're criticizing Carrie for choosing it and you're using chirpy little Mexican as a marker for what? What do we need that information for? We know the cast members. We know all their names, right? Don't we? And all the women certainly know all their names. So why the chirpy little Mexican? It's the same as the Mexican in the first clip. And this it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I would really like to know where Leanne gets off using this kind of information. Um, because it just, it's not a valid argument to say, you know, we had to go there because the chirpy little man, like, how is that? How are we going to defend that? And I really would like to hear what people have to say to tell me, because I've heard a lot of people tell me that it wasn't racist after the first time. But now we've had two jokes, one about the Spanish thing. Should we have said it in Spanish? Would you have understood it better? And then the second one was we're in the cab where she's like, because I'm all from Mexico and the fake Mexican accent, which yes, I did just do the exact same thing to but really is more so a mark on Leanne because that's not a real accent of any Hispanic. It's a stereotypical one. And Leanne using a stereotypical fake Hispanic accent, that was number three. And this all happened in the span of two episodes. We get four of these. I'm really curious how many that production either had to cut out or that they did such a long animal filming with all those animals and whatnot because... Honestly, they did not want to put a bunch of stuff on there. I think that either they have absolutely nothing and the pinnacle of the entire season is Leanne's racism, or they had nothing that they needed to put on there that would not be offensive. This was the best they can do. There's one or the other. There is no in the middle. But I will back up a little bit. So I had a lot of notes on Dallas, but it wasn't it wasn't like that interesting of an episode other than this. And this wasn't interesting. This was infuriating to me. So Carrie has had a seemingly good attitude about most of these things. Even in this situation, I don't think she knows what Leanne is saying about her, granted, but she's apologized to Leanne. She seemed sincere. We will never know because they get intentionality. But it's crazy to me to think that Carrie is so gracious in her apology, even when, especially when she knows she was wrong. We would never get this from Leanne, like ever. It is very much so like she has to be the victim. And when she is the victim, she will milk it for all it's freaking worth. And that's exactly what we're looking at. 
Um, it was cute seeing the elephants. I am really in love with elephants because it's my favorite animal since I was a kid. And I think they're great. I think that we did not need to see an entire scene worth of animal footage, which it's great to get this awareness, but I do find it, I've always found the juxtaposition super interesting and fascinating that these women on these, these housewife shows, they will cape for animals so freaking hard, but the way they treat each other <laughs> and the way we as humans even treat other people is like way mind boggling, like all living creatures and all aspects of life should be respected, but I do think that we should treat each other with respect also, in addition to the animals and the puppies and the kittens and all of that stuff. Um, I think it's cool that they went to a wildlife reserve and didn't just go to a traditional tourist spot in Thailand where they could, you know, possibly contribute to the abuse of the animals. And I even understood Leanne's point when she was talking about in our confessional that going to these ping pong shows, you know, is part of the problem in the sexual abuse of women in a different way, in more like an exploitive way. Um, but the problem is that was what she said in her confessional, but not what she said on, on camera. On camera is that we were in a bad neighborhood was her excuse for why she didn't want to go. When really that is code for Cameron is only interested in going because of Carrie. Oh, we must shut this down and I must pee all over this. So that's what that was. Not to mention, follow me here. Leanne saying we're in a bad part of town. How many times has she been to Thailand that, that she knows that, that she asks the Thai people? I would have loved to see, I would have loved to have seen some background black and white footage that they do when they flashback of Leanne asking people, so what's a good and bad part of town? Because how would you know that unless you were literally gaping on stereotypes? How do you know it's a bad part of town? I'm not saying that it isn't. I'm saying I've never been. I don't know. Did she Google it? And whose perspective did she get? The traditional Thai guide? Or did she get an American perspective? Or a fellow person of color's perspective? Or a Thai person's perspective? Or a white person's perspective? Whose perspective did she get that this is a bad part of town? Like, I can't even get mad at Carrie for saying, I lived here with my daughter for a week. And then Leanne's argument to that was, you brought your daughter to a sex a sex avenue? Like, but I thought, so you're not going to be like, oh, then it's a fine part of town. But that's really weird. Like, that wasn't the right argument back. And that's the thing. Leanne's arguments are never justified because she uses the wrong material. She uses the wrong weaponry. Her weapons are prejudice and racist and implicit bias. They're not, you're wrong about this, or it's because I did this, or it's because I looked this up. She's, what are you going off of? How do you know? How do you know what is a bad part of town in Thailand? None of them do. Not to mention, it's an extremely touristy, attractive part of the country. Otherwise, they wouldn't be putting on the shows. They're obviously, because she even said she heard that the drag shows in Thailand are next level. And we did find out that it is definitely next level. Sidebar loved Cameron illustrating this on her whiteboard. It was amazing. I thought it was the funniest part, which obviously Cameron had a fine time. Was she grossed out like everybody else? Yes, but she literally was laughing about it in her confessional. She doesn't need protecting. She's a grown ass woman, Leanne. Like, Leanne talking about Cameron doesn't know what she's getting into, so I'm going with her. But you're mad that she wants to hang out with Carrie. Leanne is the most insecure person I've ever seen. I, I honestly have never seen someone so insecure, but claim to receive so much love and and see. I've seen her get love. She had a very nice, well, I mean, nice is debatable, but she had a very big wedding. 
She has a man that loves her, seemingly. She literally is so insecure about it. And I don't really get that. She had so many parties of people who literally only wanted to celebrate her. So it seems a little, you know, mute for me. It's a moot point to be so insecure about the fact that your friend wants to be friends with other people to the point where you scold them like a child when they walk back in the room. Did you not, did you know that you just contributed to this kind of sexual exploitation, blah, 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 whatever she said, yelling at her. And Cameron's like, well, why are you yelling at me? Like you are trying to guilt her. Who says that? What is your angle? This manipulation is next level. So by telling everybody that you are in a bad part of town, so what, they'll go home and they don't stay any longer? Okay, Leanne, like it's it's super manipulative and it's super annoying. And I honestly, I, I just feel like this is this is bad. Like it's bad to me. You're not concerned about their safety. They had an entire crew of people there they even have apparently their own security. Like, you're just pissed that people want to listen to Carrie. And that's at expert manipulation. Well, not really, because I think that people kind of saw through it. But I kind of equate this to Bourbon Street in New Orleans. And this is no attack on New Orleans. It's one of my favorite places ever. I went there when I was when I would turn 21 for my 21st birthday. And I highly recommend that. Or if you're not 21, just go for every birthday. It's incredible. But Bourbon Street is a little, because it's a very big tourist place, it's a very tourist attractive. However, it is also still a staple to the natives there, the people who live there. And it's always a fun and good time to go to. But it is a little seedy. I won't say it's a bad neighborhood. I don't live there. I don't know. I have seen a couple things happen and I've had people tell me to, you know, wear a crossbody or, you know, stay close to people because you never know what could happen. But that's also consistent with most big cities and most, you know, parts of towns where you don't know, you probably should take proper precautions, but that doesn't mean you don't not go. Like you don't stay home and not go to some place like Bourbon Street and get those amazing $5 grenades and see like the strip clubs are like outdoors practically. No, they're not. But the ladies are outdoors sometimes, you know, entice people to come in. And it is a, it's a lot. It's definitely a lot to take in, but you don't not go just because you don't know about the town, especially when you know that it's a touristy part of town. I'm pretty sure you will be okay. And I would not be, I wouldn't travel. Like I had a friend who just went to Thailand and stayed for months and lived in the rural parts. And she's like, we went out and things happened to her and she would still go back. Like not saying, you know, put yourself in harm's way, but if you don't know, if you don't go, you'll never know. And be careful, be cautious, but don't write off an entire area or, you know, town or a street or whatever, a part that you don't know about simply because of what? Observation? Did you see somebody get mugged in front of you? then that maybe you all should have left. Maybe everyone would have had the same idea. But like, what are you basing this off of? There's an implicit bias there that I really want to know more about, but then I probably won't like the answer, so it doesn't really matter. Um, it just doesn't make sense that this grown woman is reprimanding everyone for going to something because the one girl who she doesn't like, liked it. Like, that just makes no sense to me. So I think Lillian, it makes sense that people want to make fun of her because she's an easy target. She is incredibly defensive, incredibly insecure, and kind of miserable and bitter. And she's grown, grown, 50 plus. 
grown and married and seems to be okay. I don't really get it other than she needs therapy. I don't know what else to tell this woman, but in all honesty, I'm ready for the Leanne show to be over because this, if this is all we got for our mid season or the, actually they think they're I think they're almost done. So I've heard rumors. Well, especially from the Ramones of Bravo, I heard them on their podcast say that um, Dallas might be going straight digital and only be available like on demand and online, kind of like Stassi's show that's coming out from Vanderpump Rules, which I could see happening because their ratings are literally abysmal. I don't see them getting any better because they go they're only online. I think they'll get worse, but maybe it's just because the production needs to cut a break. And I just feel bad because I feel like we could do something with Dallas and they are doing a major cast rehaul, I guess, because I did see some alleged announcements of, and this is all alleged, some alleged announcements of a casting for Dallas, which I think is cool because we need something different. But I've also heard that Leanne is the one that they have asked back first. Maybe that will change when they get fan reaction, but I don't think it's changed with Vicky and OC. So I don't know if it'll change with Dallas, I just want them to do better and figure out what the hell is going on with it. Cause Leanne has got to go like, this is unnecessary and it's not something they really, it, it's really, it's causing a bigger stir online because the people who defend this, I'm really curious by, and it's really infuriating that people still think that this isn't racist behavior. Cause like I said, on my podcast, when the first thing came out, you don't have to reduce yourself to a slur just to be for it to be in the racist part of town. Like this is not, you know, a one and done. There isn't only one way to be racist. Your intentions matter. And the intention behind Leanne's comments are she does not like this person. So she's going to use ethnic markers and labels that, yes, of course, Carrie considers herself Mexican because she is a Mexican woman. The problem is when you use it as an insult, that is when we become a little bit on the dicier side. And that's when we go down that slippery slope of racism. Because I want to know what is the next step. The next step is literally slur because we're already a little too far, I think. I don't like that sense of it would not be okay with any race at all. Again, like the chirpy little Mexican, who says that? Like in regular speak, who says that? It's just something that I'm not a fan of. And I really think that we need to do better of not letting our housewives get away with things and keeping them responsible and compliant with general conduct standards, like just general human conduct. Because she's going to cry over an elephant, which elephants need love and they do need support because they cannot advocate for themselves. But she'll cry over that, but, but then participate and be the creator of this kind of discord and Stephanie looks openly uncomfortable. So I can't, I can't wait to see how this plays out. I've heard that the other ladies kind of back up the fact that this is not right to say or think or speak of. I wonder why it took four times for it to happen, but maybe they needed to get back to all of them. But Carrie, whatever her response is, she's a better woman than me and I, st- I support her. And I don't even know if I like her on the show. I just know that this is not necessary. And she would not have done this with any other housewife. She would not have had to be able, the ability to. Because she's, again, not doing this to Deandra. And that's my issue. She's not saying the poor white woman. Like, so what's the problem here? Like, what, where, what am I missing? And I open 
the examination of my beliefs because I'm this is this might be the hill I die on. This and Vicky Gonvalson being gone, 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 like on a plane far away gone. So I am going to switch on over to OC. I'm going to take a little break and I will be right back. Otherwise, if you haven't seen Dallas and things like this trigger you, don't watch. If you have seen Dallas, I'm sorry, it's hella boring and infuriating only at the end. So either way, I will be right back and we will talk OC and we're going to go basically in order of most annoying, gave me the biggest headache to ah, relief, good stuff, good stuff to work with. All right, be right back. All right, guys, I'm back with some wine. Um, I am a big red wine drinker year-round, but definitely in the winter. Um, so I do want to add a little bit to my Dallas recap, opinion, whatever, because it was not all bad. I do like certain things, but that's the issue that I have with Leanne's presence on the show is that, you know what, frankly, I don't know if I want her off because I want someone to hold her accountable. So I don't know if I just want her off to go thinking the same way she thinks and then chalking up her being fired or whatever, or her leaving the show too. They just don't get me or whatever it is. And she can just continue to be the way she is. She's polarizing, manipulative and racist in a lot of different ways. Um, But I do think that she's good TV just not for those reasons. I think for a lot of other reasons, she's good TV. So why didn't she just keep on those? I think we're letting a lot of things show. That's the problem. But some of the good things that I did see, you know, beyond Leanne that I can focus on, you know, it was a little bit of a snooze fest of an episode, but I do like that they were playing Never Have I Ever while drinking at like, what was it, like 9 a.m.? Because Brandy said it was like eight, nine o'clock at home. They're drinking wine and beer and Cameron was like something to the effect of she was on her second cup. And <laughs> they're playing Never Have I Ever. I liked that. I, th- I thought that was cute. I like to see them bond. I like to see them drinking in the morning because it was even 9 a.m. there. But I, I enjoy, you know, seeing them have fun. I have heard some, you know, little things about Cameron being only close to Carrie these days. Like she's the closest to Carrie. And so I'm, I'm interested to see how she kind of falls off the wagon with Leanne, even though I don't think it'll be that hard. But I like this group. I would like to see them without Leanne. I think we will have a lot more to work with. And I like that Court sent Cam Flowers to their hotel, but that was also really cute. And he's kind of runner up for a good husband, you know, like whatchamacallit, what is his name? Oh, Travis is right now my favorite. DeAndre's husband is probably tied for favorite, but Cam's husband is cute and I didn't lose to like him that much. So that's interesting to see that development of their relationship because I had no idea what their attraction was to each other. I'm not saying they're not attractive people. I just don't get their connection. But Carrie and this condom thing, okay. So like, what grown woman? You've never had protective sex ever. So every single time your husband, even your now husband or your last husband, you took a chance or literally solely worked off your ovulation calendar. You clocked it that hard. Like you let them shoot up the club every single time. Like every time you've never worn a condom. 
Well, everyone she's with was, she was in a serious relationship with is what she said. But to me, that doesn't necessarily mean anything unless she's either not having sex with her husband. Maybe that's why she's on, you know, marriage number two. Maybe she didn't want to. But also, even when you were in high school or when your first boyfriend or whatever, y'all just took that chance. Did you know how to read an ovulation calendar that well in high school? Because I didn't. I really barely knew what it was. So unless you waited till college, but even then, who's clocking that that hard? I don't know. Maybe more power to you, but I think it seems just a lot easier to wear a condom and to use a condom than to have unprotected sex, risk an STD, risk an, risk an STI, because just because y'all were in serious relationships doesn't mean he didn't do whatever he was doing before you or vice versa. So did you get checked every time? Like I have so many questions about that. I think it might've been a little bit for shock value because then we got an entire confessional of her putting one on the con on the banana. And that just goes to show me how poorly sex ed is taught in most schools and most places, which I know cause I'm a product of how badly it's taught, but yes, it matters which side you put it on. And yes, it's supposed to have a little air bubble and it just common sense, girl, like any, you could, you t- I just have questions and I just don't know how true that is. Cause I think Annie's going to end up asking that second part of the reunion. If there's a two parter in one of those little throwaway scenes that they do, you know, in the middle of the commercial breaks between the big scenes, they do those little conversations. I think that's what we're going to get is what are you talking about? So there were some positive aspects to Dallas. Leanne just really, you know, she really takes the cake, man. Every single time she just does me in. But I'm not necessarily unwilling to root for her. I just, cause even when she said that the elephants, she understands their pain because she was put on a show for entertainment, you know, since she was three years old, but sidebar, was she in a carnival or a circus? Cause her tagline mentions carny kid, but she definitely said circus. And also what carnivals do you know that have serious endangered lions and species? Cause I go to carnivals and I don't, I see final cakes. I don't see gorillas and lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. I say that at the circus, but she said she was a carnival kid, which I mean, same street, different house. So I don't know which one it is, but again, that's Leanne. Some of them things be cracking in them stories. So take your stereotypes and go before we start stereotyping you, Leanne, in your carnival ways. And with that being said, we're going to move on to OC. Guys, I didn't even take notes on OC. And it wasn't because I was bored. I was shocked. But I'm now watching out of absurdity. I'm no longer watching for excitement. Like, I'm going to probably put my into my highlights what I did last night while watching OC because people really got a kick out of that. Where I was genuinely shocked when Vicky did the conned thing. And she was like screaming on the sidewalk. I've never, I'm not even going to do it because I don't want to, in case people listen to this at work or with their kids or in general, I'm not going to hurt your eardrums the way mine were hurt. I've never conned anyone in my life or something like that. It was very much so reminiscent of I've never had multiple partners in my life and he doesn't tell me what to think, which is exactly, I think, the montage that they gave us because screeching Vicky is literally, I, that's where my world comes to a halt. There's something about how miserable and bitter that she is that I just, it doesn't seem funny to me. It seems sad. And I think that she's getting more and more rigid and sad and bitter and judgmental with 
being with Steve. Like, I think that's the issue. He's not making her better. Not saying I need to see her whoop it up and dance on tables uh, in general, not just because of her age in general. I don't want to see Vicky gobbles and doing a lot of things, but she's getting worse. And the whole drag show thing, I was, I'm not offended because I'm not a drag queen, but I don't know if they're called drags. Like when she said, sorry, drags, I just don't get it. A, it's not something for you to get. Just enjoy yourself. It's really not that hard or that serious. Lighten up and have fun. No one's making you do it. Calm down. And then what struck me as even more interesting was that she was saying, I'm sorry, drags, as if it's not something totally different from trans people, which I don't know her thoughts on trans, but when she said women dressing up as men, men dressing up as women, well, you weren't at a drag king show, which is where women perform in the gender roles of men for entertainment. You were at a drag queen show, which is where men perform in the gender performity of women for entertainment. Not roles, sorry, not gender roles for men, but it's the it's the performance of gender that is not your assigned or as- ascribed usually. Um, not to say that it couldn't be, it's just usually not the case. So... What are you saying by that? Because like I just don't get it. It's not something for you to get. This is entertainment. Transgender people are, that's an entirely different subject. And that's not what you're looking at. So why don't you just enjoy the fact that you're in a club drunk and these drag queens are performing at their best and having a damn good time like everyone else. And not for nothing, they don't even know drag show etiquette, which most people probably don't. But just like Heather Dubrow's champagne wah lesson when you go to a drag show it is much like service people it is much like strippers even you tip them you give them dollar bills you give them money because they spend a lot of their own money to put on these performances they don't always get paid sometimes they'll do appearances after they've been on like rupaul or something but majority of their career which lands them on rupaul they pay for out of pocket the makeup the hair the lashes all that stuff much like um, strippers, you would tip them when you go to the strip club, which I don't, you don't have to get it to go. The food is usually really good if you go to the good ones and it's a good show. I've actually, I've actually had conversations with strippers, like while they're dancing and on the pole, I've asked them about their eyeliner, their eyeshadow, ColourPop, it's a very good brand. That's the last one that was recommended to me by a stripper and it's really good eyeshadow. I gave her dollar bills because I'm taking up her time. She's trying to entertain people specifically, especially not specifically because anybody could be enjoying it for various reasons, but a lot of them men. So to take her time and distract her a little bit from the other clients and stuff that she has. And I wanted to ask her about her eyeshadow because I saw it from across the room. So I asked her about her eyeshadow. I gave her a couple of, a couple of dollars. It doesn't have to be expensive, but you're, and it's just like no different than a waiter or a waitress or a bartender. They are doing a show for you. They are doing something for you. They're not professional. This is not Broadway, which they don't even get paid that much to me. I believe they actually do a lot of the, of their own makeup and hair and stuff too, but they're doing something for you. The best you can do, the least you can do is just provide a couple of dollars. I did see Tamara do it. She put it in her chest and I thought that was kind of cute that, you know, she let the lady come, the drag queen come and like bite it off of her because you know them titties are sitting up in one uniformed line okay they are webbed together they are you know one union you know in holy matrimony married 
unseparated and they are forging a united front to protect Tamra uh, or something like that. But, you know, the dollar bill set up real nice and got it on up there. I thought we got too much Vicky. I thought Kelly was in the right. It's ridiculous that I've heard this is what Vicky is suing Kelly for. I think I just heard that on another podcast. So that's still alleged. Allegedly, this is the reason I have not read it. So people can correct me um, and tell me if this is true or not. But allegedly, this is what she's suing Kelly for is this fight that she had where Vicky called or is responding to someone who possibly could have a lawsuit against Kelly one day, who is claiming that Kelly allegedly you know, hurt her in, in a, a seriously physical way, which is a serious allegation. And if there is proof, which I believe there probably is, which is why they're protecting, you know, this source so well, Vicky is in, she's trying to perpetuate this story because she genuinely hates Kelly. I don't understand who would do this. I wouldn't do this to my own enemy. Like she's, it makes zero sense that she's so threatened and feels so scared. She said, I'm genuinely physically afraid of Kelly. So in the same breath, I'm talking to this woman who Kelly hurt. So you think that that is a good thing to do with someone who you're physically afraid of. Sure. Smart. Um, that being said, that turned into Kelly calling her a con woman. And that is apparently what Vicky sued Kelly and NBC for, because allegedly she tried to get this information taken off of the season and they didn't. So allegedly those are the facts <laughs> alleged in fact lol but i wouldn't be surprised but i'm shocked that this is what it is because i think she's called her way worse things than a con woman but i, I kind of believe that she did it I'm not, i don't know anything to be true but i believe that she definitely defrauded that woman um i think that vicky either doesn't have nearly as much money as she thought as she tells us that she does much like some other people in power and fame and stuff. But I definitely think that she is, mm, even though she did it on purpose, which I, I don't know if that would be a thing. It could be because as I saw on Unfriendly Black Hotties Instagram and Twitter, remember Victoria Gumbelson, you defrauded all of us when you went along with a cancer scheme. And you can't say that you were scammed, which is what Tamara was chanting after Vicky was screeching in the street. I never conned anyone. And she wasn't even being serious because right after that, she goes, we are going home and we're doing face masks and we're getting in our jammies, which is in the same exact screech as she was saying, I never conned anyone. But Tamara is going, oh, you were conned. You were conned. We get it. You were conned. I'm like, y'all going to keep telling us this? It's like Animal Farm. The more you tell us that you did this, the more you think we'll believe that you did this. But that's just not what it is. I remember explicitly her saying that she went to City of Hope with this man, the hospital. And City of Hope like, released a whole statement that they ain't never seen that man a day in their life. They don't know him. That Mariah Carey to J-Lo, they don't know her. Okay? He is not a patient here. If he's going to cancer treatment, he ain't doing it here. Okay. Not to mention you, Victoria, I know your daughter has had health issues. So I know you see medical records and I know you saw Brooks's and you knew that that was not right. His were they looked forged legitimately. So I, I just don't understand how she thinks that she was that scammed because I know she, how you get to that, be that smart businesswoman as she claimed that she is and not know what the fuck going on. How do you not know what is happening in your home when you're being conned or used? I get it. People are like, this is the 
the Dirty John, the real inspiration of it, which A, there already is a real inspiration for Dirty John, but it has very similar storylining to Brooks. And I'm not saying that Brooks did not defraud Vicky in a lot of ways. I just think that it's not, it's not her first rodeo. So I think that she gets into deep with things and looks the other way because she's so desperate to be loved. And, but looking the other way, that's complicit. You're, you're being complicit. So best of luck to the entire OC cast. I've heard on a very, very reliable source that they are doing an intense cast shakeup, which includes the family members of some other castmates who are not Tamra. Praise the Lord. Um, Because you could take that whole thing and go. Just take it and run. And I really hope Ryan keeps his word and says that he'll never be back because I don't want to see him. Like, I don't. So I hope that whole monster of a family just disappears and she can go and she'll be able to lie and tell her, her daughter that she left for her. So maybe her daughter will give her another shot. Although I think the daughter might be better off. I don't know. I don't know their relationship. I don't know how she is as a mother. I just know if Ryan is any indication, I think they both need very deep help because Tamara is just as broken and damaged as that as that man that she raised to be broken and damaged. And I can understand why the daughter has such a volatile relationship with her mother because the one thing you got to do is leave the show. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense as to why you do not put your child above money. And I think both her and Vicky have literally gotten in so deep that they are, they will give up everything for reality TV. I seriously think Vicky bought her ring from, from Steve. I think he bought her a ring and she upgraded or got a new one and said, this one needs to be on TV. I think that they will do anything for this show and they're going to be the very reason the show gets ended. So I hope that the rumors, which are not really rumors because the reliable source is literally that reliable, that they are doing some cast shakeup work and some casting work and bringing in some other people some other family members. We're going to get deeper into other people's stuff because Vicky and Tamara, I'm over it. And I want to see more of the lives, just like Beverly Hills. I want to see the life and I want to see opulence. I don't want to see screeching elderly in the middle of the street and criticizing and judging every other thing that quote unquote, the young people do that they don't know. They don't know anything. And word to the wise Gina, you don't know hundred percent sure in your heart that man, the man won't cheat on you again. You just don't, you don't know it. Okay. We don't know it. If he could do it before and do it once, he'll do it again. He can't, he'll have the ability and this time he'll know what it'll take to get you back. So I don't think it's fair to say, you know, in your heart that you won't do it. And I agree with Shannon when she shook her head and was like, nope. I'm telling you, you think that you're in a good place. And Vicky, he's not going to check out if he's in a happy home. Shut up, Victoria. Just shut up because you don't know anything. You've never had a happy home. You never created one. You made everybody miserable in your life or they made you more miserable. You made them miserable as a favor in return. So just hush on that. But I think Shannon's right. And I'm praying for her kids writing a book and being a divorced kid myself and being a divorced kid as an older kid, which a couple of her kids are. I get it and it's hard and I couldn't imagine doing it publicly. I had to testify on my parents' divorce and I didn't want to eat for like a week. It was disgustingly hard for me to go through, but it was the law and it, 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 it since is no longer the law. Thank goodness. Cause testifying your parents' divorce is absolute bullshit. It's not a good time. So I'm glad for that. And I'm glad that they'll be leaving, you know, 
where where are they? Key West and Miami soon. Cause I need Vicky to go. I need Shannon to distance herself from them. And I will say this again. We need a new cast. You can keep Bronwyn. You cannot keep Gina. You maybe can keep Emily if you bring back her friends of Lizzie and Gretchen. That's cool with me. Or even Alexis, the non-Jesus jugs, non-Christian Bible toting judgmental, which I have no problem with Christians, but she she was very misled in the religion of Christianity. Jim was not a good one. And I think that maybe they won't bring her back simply because, you know, Jim wouldn't let her say a lot. But I still think we need them back. We need different energy. We need some new energy, something. I just need something else because this is giving me really bad anxiety watching these older people judge and criticize these younger people for doing stuff that they were just doing like two seasons ago. So, and why are we still seeing boobs? Like, how are you more okay with that than a drag show or Bronwyn's, you know, lactating or non-lactating party, her weaning party? How are you more okay with seeing Tamara's uniboob more and more? I do not get it. So throw the whole cast away, uh, the whole show away, really. Give Bronwyn or whatever a spinoff, make her the Brady Bunch, even though she's not a Brady Bunch, she's one family. But give her some kind of spinoff, you know, Seventh Heaven or whatever you're going to call it. And that's it. Just throw the whole franchise away. And if Beverly Hills doesn't come back stronger and better, throw that one away too. And with that being said, we are going to take a break and I'm going to get into some Jersey. All right. So we're back with Jersey and good episode. I thought we did well. It kind of goes to show just how much work the other franchises need to do to keep up because Jersey was good and Atlanta was good and they're not, they're still pretty new. So I think that they're holding on strong. We're in Jamaica. The cast is split up into um, Marge and Jackie and then everybody else. And Melissa kind of goes over to their house to be, I don't even like recapping. Y'all saw it. If you did it, spoiler alert, you know, go watch it and then come back. Um, But Melissa goes over to hang out with the people we always see her hang out with, which is Marge and Jackie. And they're talking and they're talking about Melissa's being a little bit messy. And I kind of like it, but not really. Like, she's still not shit talking to Teresa. I think she is so petrified of that woman and the wrath that she's finally in a decent enough place where her sister, sister-in-law isn't yelling at her, that she just wants to keep it. But she finds out that Jackie and Marsh are feeling some kind of way about Dolores and Teresa and all that stuff. And she's basically the bone collector, like Sheree in Atlanta. So she's taking it back to them, not in a malicious way, but then we see them split up into a really weird group of Jennifer and Jackie and Marge going horseback riding in poop water or horse poop water, which I found it interesting that they were okay with that because I wonder how those horses feel. Like, I don't know. I've never, I, I, horseback riding is fine in itself. I don't know if they want to be in the water or not. I don't know how horses love water, but I mean, it seemed like it was fun until I realized the poop water. So if the horses may not want to be there and the wives don't want to be in poop water, Maybe they shouldn't make it a tourist attraction. I don't know. But it does seem really pretty and majestic to do. But I would just be so afraid of falling in. I would not know what to do with myself. So, but I would definitely more so be with Dolores, Melissa, and Teresa, which is an interesting group. But again, they're all getting along right now, especially Melissa and Teresa. So that was more my speed. Sipping vodka by the beach, getting a tan, chilling, 
eating some appetizers and stuff on the beach. That sounds lovely. I really enjoy the fact that Melissa has such an amazing body, but we keep seeing her eat. Like, no, I don't always consider a salad and sandwich eating, but she got a sandwich. And I've seen plenty of housewives not eat more than air and some ice cubes, okay? So her to be like, can I get the jerk chicken sandwich and a salad? I said, that's a good lunch. That is a good beach lunch. And got a pina colada, which is all sugar and rum on the beach. I like it. I like, she must work really hard for her body. So great for her. But I like to see them having good food, good fun. And then, hmm. Oh, what I will say though, um, seeing them sit down and they flashed to the, you know, the man made them all jungle juice and no one wanted it but Jennifer. I appreciate her taking his juice and being a good tourist and a good, you know, patron. And he made it for them. He said, I got some fresh jungle juice for you guys. And I think that was nice that she took some, but it's $14 and that's not bad, but it's great that it comes in a coconut. All the drinks here in the DC area are mad expensive for no reason, especially in DC. $14, I would definitely want a coconut, a full coconut with the whole shell and some good juice, jungle juice. I liked it. I would have done it. So good for Jennifer for that. But what I will say is I liked the beach experience until Teresa <laughs> confirmed what Melissa told the other ladies in their breakfast experience that morning that it takes her 12 hours to process something. I don't hate Teresa. I actually don't mind her. I like her. I just think she's literally dumb as a box of rocks and not because she gets, you know, sayings and stuff wrong. I think she's ignorant and kind of aloof to stuff and does it on purpose, but it's not an excuse to me because you're an adult and you're responsible and you have kids and you also just are on TV. You live in a world. You need to have some responsibility and take some and because, you know, that, that goes back for a lot of seasons. But I don't just I don't mind her because she's really good TV and she's a good housewife. I mean, I never forget season three, which I just finished watching. She took on the entire cast at one time at the reunion. Granted, it was only three people, Kathy, um, Melissa and Caroline. But frankly, she keeps taking them on like every other season after that until she kind of forged a, a little coalition of her own on the show. And even when it was added in before. So I'm not mad at Teresa for being a good housewife. But I just have an issue where I get off is that you can't get mad 12 hours later. I don't care if it went over your head. Then that means you have to be explained it. So if you have to explain the joke, it's not funny. If, it's, if you have to explain the insult, it's not insulting. You're, it's insulting, but you're not mad. You're not mad if you have to be told or reminded or think about how bad it was. That seems kind of ridiculous to me. But on the other hand, I do think Jackie is just as sensitive as Teresa is unreasonable. So I think Jackie needs to let a lot of this shit go. But Teresa does too. She brings up stuff from the past all the time. But Jackie, who cares if Dolores is not your friend? That's the one thing I can say about Teresa. She has never cared if everybody likes her or not, ever. We literally, season three, everybody was getting on her. The whole reunion was about her. They did not, she did not care. She took it on. So, I mean, maybe it's just because it's Jersey and we're assigning certain stereotypes and emotional muscle that this woman is allowed to feel what she feels and have access to her emotions. But it gives me Siggy, Siggy Flicker vibes. It was like extremely sensitive, just maybe not as emotional. But I just want Jackie to be a little bit tougher because she appears that way. And she's like an ex-attorney. So something about that doesn't give me I'm mad when people don't like me vibes because you fight people. You used to fight people for a living. I get it. Now she's a mommy writer and... um. She's a, you know, a blogger and a journalist and all of that. 
But I don't know. It just seems kind of ridiculous because last year's energy was totally different where she did not care that Jennifer was mad at her as much and she defended it to the end. And now Dolores says she's not really your friend and you're mad about it. It just seems like it's not that big of a deal. It's also Dolores. Like, okay, I like her, but who cares? She's not like, it's not like Melissa said it or someone really relevant and like a staple to the show. So it just seems kind of, you know, ridiculous to me. But... Melissa called it. It takes Teresa way too long to process stuff. So in my head, get over it. But I'm also a hothead. So I'm not a processor. I get it the first time. I'm mad about it for maybe 18 minutes. And then it's over. And then you can go on about your day. But I do get it all out too. Teresa can't be mad if she wasn't mad the day before, in my opinion. But I thought it was kind of cheeky and funny. And I put it on my stories when um, Margaret did decide... Or when she finally picked it up that Teresa was feeling some kind of way because Teresa sees this sign and it says any woman can have the body of a 21 year old if she buys him a drink first. And she's like, Margaret, don't you like it? It's it's so good for me. Right. And Marge goes, any woman like reading it, any woman can have the body of a 21 year old as long as he buys him a drink first. Uh oh, <laughs> that made me died like I started howling when she said uh-oh because she looked across from her I think at Dolores and was like uh-oh like I think she figured it out we're in trouble and I just cracked up I mean you gotta love Marge she's hilarious um yeah so that was a really cute scene I'm not really one for passive aggressive behavior but you know it, it's Teresa and I found it to be a little bit funny and you know immediately Marge apologized I don't think she owed her an apology um, any more than Dolores owes Jackie one. I just think that it's Teresa Shatik. So maybe Jackie wants to see what she can get away with with being sensitive. I tell no, but it wasn't that bad of a joke. I don't think she meant it in a malicious way. I think she was, I don't think she was drunk either, Marge. I think that she slipped and didn't know what the impact it would have until she realized who she said it about. So then we move on over to the guys' night and actually think that Jennifer wants her husband to be more of a man's man, like a guy's guy, than he is. I am not making any insinuations about, what is his name, Bill? Bill Aiden? But I'm just saying that he doesn't appear to be either a guy's guy, period, or a guy's guy, semicolon, a Jersey guy's guy. Because all the other ones, including Marge's husband, uh, what is it, Joe? I they all, even he's older than most of them. And he still seems like a guy's guy, even though he's not like this overly blown up, rugged dude, he seems like a, a, a man's man, like still chill. And I'm not saying that we need to perpetuate certain hyper-masculinity things. I don't need Joe Gorga's energy and all of them. I'm just saying that it just doesn't, I don't get the friendship of, or the hanging out of Bill, Joe, it doesn't appear to me the same way as the earlier seasons where like it would be Jackie's husband and even Kathy's husband, like that Italian. Well, he's not Italian, actually. I think he's Lebanese, but that very Jersey man. And it was them and it was the other Joe and it was like really much more rugged and intense. And the, even Caroline's husband was such a man's man and he still seems like a teddy bear. I just don't get that vibe from Bill Aiden. I don't get a lot of vibes from Bill, a Bill Aiden about a lot of things. And especially when Joe high-fived him, like it seemed like Bill needed to be told about the high-five because Joe 
you know, said Bill was like, you know, you got my wife drunk that night, and that's the first time I've had sex in a month. And Joe was like, see, I got you lucky. You're welcome. And I'm like, I don't still, I don't see Bill making those kinds of jokes. Not that he needs to, because I don't find him to be that funny. But it just seems different. And I think Melissa even picked up on it in a nice way and, and was like, I don't see my husband. I don't see, you know, Jennifer's husband being a porn guy. And he said, I've seen pornographic videos. And I was like, what the, what is, what is that? Like, maybe it's because he's seen a lot of bodies, like naked women's bodies on, on the table all the time, which totally would make sense to me. But beyond that, I just think Jennifer wants him to appear a little bit more that way than he is. She mentioned that he, she's caught him watching porn a couple of times. And he was like, I've seen a pornographic video. And okay, sir. Also, they were taking baby shots, but I'm also fresh out of college. So man up, man, take some bigger shots. And I liked Jersey overall. I thought it was a good episode. I can understand both, you know, Dolores and Jackie's side, but Teresa is like, who cares if you're like, or if you're not liked, you know, but also Teresa, who cares what people say and what they don't say about you and your husband, especially considering she said, I want a good outcome for Joe for my daughters, my daughters. And that to me signals she's done with the man. I really do think that's the truth because why else would she say for her daughters? Like she specified for that. And I get that, but you know, at that time, I think she was done. And yeah, that's it for Jersey. I thought it was a really good episode. We're given a lot already. And I think we're just beginning. And moving on over to Atlanta, I think it was a good filler episode. Some things. I don't know if Cynthia has this mean streak that Kenya knows about but won't say because she's still friends with her or because I don't think Kenya's sensitive and I don't know if Cynthia is mean. I just think she might have a side to her because Kenya checked her a couple times, but let me back up. We are having another Bailey cue, right? And great. We love a Bailey cue. Not really at Lake Bailey, which I'm pretty sure is really far from where everybody else is, even though they're all spread out. But um, we have to track out to where you are. We have to wear these extravagant red outfits we have to bring our babies or not to find a center. We have to go all the way out to where you are, far away from everybody else, and have this semi-catered, semi-not. She had a catering company, but like store-bought cupcakes, like the tiny little cupcakes. So they did not want to do desserts. Did you just have to do it catered? I don't know. But, and then somebody bought lobster, and even Kenya seemed impressed because like no one's bringing the lobster anymore, apparently. But... We're having this Bailey Q. I'm not even going to touch on the Yovana thing because I'm not really that excited that she's back. I don't want to get any slack for saying this, but I don't care for her. And I don't think she represents what she thinks she represents well, because that bitch Yovana is a stupid thing to label yourself as. Because you're not calling yourself a mean bitch. You're calling yourself like as if you're so elite and amazing. Because you went to CAU, which for those people who don't know, is Clark Atlanta University. It is in a historically black university. It is in the Atlanta area, but it is joined by other historically black universities, one of which I cannot remember the name of, name of for the life of me. And it is in the city, the downtown city of Atlanta. And the other two are um, both Morehouse and Spelman. And Morehouse is for men, Spelman is for women. And they are very, they do present themselves to be extremely elite. And they are, most people I've met from, they have great pride in their um, 
and their entire network on both sides. And Clark Atlanta is a wonderful school. But I'm just saying it's not the only elite black institution in Atlanta. I get that she has pride for her school, but if I'm being real, just because of where I first started my high school, my college career, it is certainly not the only historical black college and university that is elite, period. I'm just going to say that. If you have any more questions about where I attended, you are welcome to DM me. But I can promise you, it is not the only place that a woman could label herself that bitch from CAU or from other schools, especially ones, depending on what we're talking about, you know, electability, you know, alumni network, job and employment abilities. She's doing okay. Clark Atlanta is a great school. It's beautiful. I just never have heard anybody be that visceral to other people for not remembering them because they went to CAU. That, that, okay. Like I know plenty of people who went to the school that I went to, the schools that are considered even more prestigious, i.e. the very first HBCU ever, Howard University, which is, well, it's not the first ever. People will debate me on that, so I'm not going to say that. But the most notable first HBCU, earliest HBCU, I'll say, is where Noel goes, well, wait, to Howard in D.C. I don't hear people saying I was that bitch from Howard, and there are quite a many that could say that because it is considered a very prestigious school to get into and to go to. So... To be honest, oh, and there are other ones. Yes, there are other ones um, that are in the entire South. And the Southern HBCUs are the highest and they're the best. So that being said, I think that she's just kind of annoying, especially when drunk. So I don't need to see another, you know, NeNe copycat who's going to go to NeNe and say one thing and then come back and say something else. Because she's going to Cynthia's party, but went to NeNe and told her that Cynthia was talking about her. And I don't know where I get off with Nene because I don't see how she's going to be able to film an entire season with people that don't like her. She doesn't get along with. But we see her film with Candy next next week, which I'm glad about. And I'm glad to see Marlo can maintain a relationship with Nene and still maintain a relationship with the other women. Plenty of women cannot do that on these shows and have not done it correctly. And Marlo is coming to her own. And for those who keep asking why she doesn't have a peach, I have heard that it's actually Marlo that won't take the peach because they need her to open up a lot about her finances, but also her emotional life, her, her personal life. And I don't think she will is able to do that or will not do it because of the man that is a very generous boyfriend of hers or, you know, benefactor of hers. But I would like to see more of her family and her kids, her two boys. One of my followers actually um, said that she sent me an article about how Marlo's mom is living in the Midwest and kind of just moved there, I guess. And she actually loves it. And I find that to be adorable. She's having a really good time, Marlo's mom. She's so proud of her daughter. It's like the very first thing she um, mentioned was her daughter being on Atlanta, being Marlo. And her picture is so cute. Like a really old Southern black lady, Southern mama, really, is celebrating her daughter. Like, my daughter's on this show, The Housewives of Atlanta. Like, oh, I live for the, the, the older moms bragging about their kids. It's amazing. And um, yeah, so she lives in... Cape Girarda. I will not. I'm so sorry to butcher that to everyone in Missouri, but Cape Girardo, Girardo, G I R A R D E A A U. That is where Marco's mom lives, and she seems to think her daughter is basically a peach already, so she doesn't even need it. Maybe the salary adjustment, but it seems like Marco's doing just fine, and I really enjoy 
Marlo being on the show. But yes, I've heard that she's also incredibly difficult to work with. Candy Burris allegedly tried to start a show with her for WeTV, which is where like Marriage Bootcamp and um, I think Love After Lockup comes on. And Marlo, it just didn't work out. Like Marlo wouldn't come on time. She didn't want to work really well with the producers. Didn't want, she was really stingy with information, all alleged, but that's what I've heard. So that will make sense as to why she won't be on there. But now back to this Bailey Q. I think these fans that they're using to fan themselves, they had me weak because they're fanning and shading and shading and fanning. And I think Cynthia interrupting Kenya while she fought with Eva about this doll and that party, which is still to me, I think Kenya is being so sensitive about it still. But Eva was dead wrong for saying she won't bring a baby to a baby party because she's afraid of Kenya's energy or whatever, which I understand protects your energy. I'm like that too. Then why come? You're pregnant. You think that bringing your baby that's living is not going to also, is going to be more affected by the baby in your belly that you brought there. If you were into believing about energies and stuff, then your baby would be affected in your belly as well. You would be affected. You would want to protect your energy because of you being pregnant, but that wasn't the case. So I kind of agree. You're being a bit too much, um, team too much. And Kenya re-gifting the doll. Everyone else has compared it to the body moment with, um, you know, what is her name? With Portia, um, with Kim over in Beverly Hills and Lisa Rinna. It is definitely a very bunny moment. It's a BH moment, a regifting of it. But I kind of get it. But the difference is that they didn't wait to reunions for all this regifting. Literally, Kenya regifts it to Portia and goes, guess where it's been? Whose house? Portia goes. Eva's. What? No, we need to sell this right now. Eva, she got your doll. She got your doll. She gave it to me. I don't know why she thought I would want it. It was in someone else's house before. Whose house? And Kenya said, well, I gave it to her because I didn't want it in my house. I had to protect my daughter's energy. And I'm like, these are why the fights on Atlanta are so next level. Because the shade is good. The fight is good. Like, only episode seven and we are already getting this much work from the ladies and even Cynthia is being shady and messy with Kenya. I think she thinks that because Nene is pushed out a little bit, uh, we know Nene didn't sign her contract until late. So I think she thinks that because Nene is a little bit more segregated from the group, that she has a chance to take that queen bee slot, which it will not happen. I don't know if she wants to be the queen bee because apparently Candy has paid the most, but Nene's energy is the, is the biggest on that cast, but it's just not going to happen from Cynthia because Cynthia was on the show when Kenya was the queen bee when Nene wasn't there. So it's always going to be Kenya. That, that energy is just unmatchable. That's why her and Nene don't get along. They're literally the same kind of a bullheaded energy. So good luck to Eva and Kenya because Eva will be unpregnant come reunion and be able to fight fully. And I don't mind her leaving, even though she has run out a lot of her problems, even if she starts the shit but won't finish it. But I don't need Cynthia sticking up for her and getting involved, especially when she's friends with Kenya. It just seems weird coming from her because she was all love and light. Go plan your fake wedding, okay? Your non-existent wedding. And I, But what I do want is Kenya and Eva, that's a fight I'll see because that might mean that Eva should stay on the show. Because right now I'm not convinced because of what she doesn't bring, not because of what she does bring, which is just great shade game. So really good episode. We're only on what, like episode six or seven? And it was pretty deep. It was pretty, not deep and and emotional, but it was good. It was a good, deeply rooted, deeply constructed, you know, episode. It was 
everything I'd eat. It was fun. It was drinking. There was shade. There was a dressing contest, red or be red. That's really fun. I want to do a party like that. But these shady ass awards Cynthia gives out, she should have got the thirsty one, even though Yvonne does earn it. But she definitely should have got the thirsty one because she was thirsty Barbie bride or whatever. Thirsty bride Barbie. So, you know, it doesn't make sense that she is the one perpetuating all these awards and these, sh these shady comments because she's all love and light. But it's definitely fun to watch. So I will continue to watch it. And that pretty much concludes. <sighs> Whoa, I'm, I'm beat. All things Bravo. I'm going to be doing a couple of polls, especially for the new year, new segments that you guys want me to start. It doesn't have to be Bravo related, but in general, um, I am super excited to launch some things in the upcoming year to start my next career. And I'm also really excited to see how far I can take this and what will happen with it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mixing with Moni. Please rate me five stars if you have five star thoughts. If you don't, you can just skip it. You don't even have to just skip it. Just either bring it to me or never listen again. But no need to, to tell others. But, you know, ratings and reviews definitely help other people find me. Tell your friends. I just want to get to 2,000 followers. I know that seems so small, but it's one more person that I can make laugh with my memes and talk to. I love to respond to everyone. So please, you know, let me know what your thoughts are, your feelings. Feel free to bring them to me. Otherwise, you're welcome to leave a five-star review and rate me and subscribe so you can just know it as soon as it comes. And I hope to... Talk to you guys soon. The holidays will probably mess up my schedule a little bit with recording, but have a very, very happy holiday season. Stay warm wherever you are. If you're in somewhere warm, I'll send you whatever cold we get if you like some and enjoy your day slash weekend slash week, depending on when you're listening to this. Thanks for choosing Mixing with Moni as your podcast for the holiday season. And always, if you have an extra second to rate five stars and write a review, you'll make my nice list. Don't forget to subscribe so you can keep up with all the fun while you prepare to host, travel, or simply relax. Learn more about me, get all your Bravo news, and hear my opinions by following me on Twitter and Instagram at Mixing with Moni. Wishing you a happy holidays and a mixy 2020.